Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup from Red Bull Racing Australia. I'm Dave Reynolds from the Bodlo Racing Team. Hi, I'm James Moffat from the Norton Hornets. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert from Four Pepsi Max Crew, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. It is, look, it's great. It's a fun track. Um, I was conceived on the bolt, so um, <laughs> been, been here before. I wouldn't say it's the number one target on our radar. We're all about winning races and trying to win a championship at the moment, but, but we, you know, Kim and I chip away at it, but right now we have nothing. Sometimes they're not dickhead you could say it's just it's, they're just there's good racing and i enjoy it yeah. from the racetracks across australia and around the world here's inside supercars hello and welcome to this week's show joining me to discuss the topics of the week and a preview sandown it's ben beasley from bam tv good evening ben hey craig and from speedcafe.com.au it's stefan Bartholomew. good evening stefan G'day, Craig. Ben, how are we? Very well, and I guess you're still riding extremely high from the demolition which uh, your Port Adelaide did to the Richmond Tigers this week. Yeah, it's good when you can watch a football match in uh, 14 minutes and then uh, know the results straight away. You don't have to stress for the rest of it. Pretty impressive show they've got going on down there at uh, the Adelaide Oval with 50,000 punters all singing the same song out of the match. They could uh, teach a few other sporting outlets about uh, creating a show at the moment. Well, Ben Beasley, what song would you would you go with for V8 Supercars? Let's say Bathurst, of course. Uh, something to do with the mountain, maybe King of the Mountain, Craig, bit of Midnight Oil. I'm interested motoring and uh, also Speed Cafe talked about the Foxtel, the changes to their base packaging price. It was nicely dressed up in the motorsport circles about how they're making uh, it more affordable for V8 fans. But I think when you have a across-the-whole-package uh, Change. I think it's more than just trying to get V8 fans on board. And uh, interestingly, uh, New Zealand Herald reports that uh, Greg Murphy has retained Jack Perkins in the V8 Super Tourers, which are no longer the V8 Super Tourers. They're the New Zealand Super Tourers. Well, we've seen an, a name change. Stefan, Lucas Dumbrell and V8 Supercars have gone all legal over their wrecks. Yeah, you, you've covered a lot of ground there already, Craig uh, Foxtel and uh, Greg Murphy, Jack Perkins, and now Lucas Dumbrell. But certainly the uh, the LDM situation is something that has been a big talking point in the last last two weeks, really. Um, it's, a, it's a messy one, as we all know, and um, the quicker they can get it resolved, the better. It was, unfortunately, a bit of an unprecedented situation um, that we had three wrecks all being handed in. And when you have a situation that people haven't really forecast, things like wreck agreements then get scrutinised in a, in a new light. So there's obviously a bit of a squabble going on there about who uh, had the right to do what with what. Lucas obviously put out a public statement last week saying that he is all geared up to run two cars again next year. He just needs his licence back, which um, maybe is maybe a little bit of uh, gamesmanship there. I'm not quite sure if it's that easy to just snap your fingers and have a second financial package ready to run a car. But V8s have been very quiet on it, but I expect we'll see a little bit more uh, quite shortly. Okay, and uh, V8 teams have uh, refined their pit stops. Your story in Speed Cafe, talking about them going to Morgan Park because of the safety problems at Queensland Raceway and using the opportunity to go in both directions, although going backwards around the circuit, they weren't uh, going flat out. Yeah, so that was a, a test day that Red Bull Racing Australia and Techno Autosports did last week at Morgan Park. They had two 45-minute sessions, basically, during their day where they got together and uh, decided to run the circuit in the opposite direction so that the pit lane layout was the same as it'll be at Sandown, so they could properly practice the whole process of tyres, fuel, brake pad, driver change, 
um, in exactly the same format that it happens at Sandown. You can't do that when it's the best day when you've got too many teams. You've got to align everyone's programs if you're doing some damper running or something very particular. Um, some teams might not like the change in, change in direction, but I spoke to Mark Dutton about it and he was pretty adamant that they didn't push 100% on those laps where they were running it anti-clockwise because obviously the tracks weren't, weren't built like that. So there was some irony that they did that when they'd moved away from Queensland Raceway for safety reasons. Their supercars kind of gave them an inch and they took a mile on that one, but uh, they are race teams and that's what they do. It's clever, but it's also practical eventually what they did. Certainly teams that were going to practice at, at Winton and there was lots of vision of teams doing that. And likewise, they do it in their own you know, workshops as well or, or try to replicate those setups. Mm-hmm. When you think about it at Sandown, you, you've got to fuel and do everything on what is the driver's side. So it looks like they don't have a heck of a lot of room at Sandown to do all that sort of thing. It's not just that they on the opposite side of the car, but also they're much smaller pit stops and garages, whereas at Bathurst, there's, a, there's much more room you know, for drivers to jump from the right-hand side and that sort of thing, which is also the same situation as Gold Coast. So pretty, pretty smart... Um, Thing to think about when time is everything and, and quick pit stop getting dry and it, and it tends to be the drivers that getting the drivers in and out of the car that's the most hang up in terms of um, time wasted during pit stop. I'm wondering if Lucas Dumbrell Ben Beasley might be wanting that second license back uh, so he can help Volvo out with their expansion V8 Supercars running a story saying that they're going to make their decision by October on where they might go for two more cars in the V8 Supercar Series of 2015. The other interesting thing was that Gary Rogers has made sure that they were still very much in the mix. He's adamant they're going to build at least another car put into their fleet, and if the money's right there, they could run more cars. Obviously, be a bit of pressure on uh, probably more so than the supply at this stage. But, I mean, when you've got a quick car, which has been picked right out of the box and has been winning races, certainly it's got McLaughlin's been the king of qualifying car as well. You know, uh, there's a lot of people who take a lot of keen interest in uh, if you uh, wanted to have something that's quick and may be available, then uh, Volvo's the one. The Volvo, obviously, itself, if more people want to run their cars, then they start to populate the grid even more so. So it's great for them. One of the stars that was out there testing was Oliver Gavin. He's a great asset to that team and a really good co-driver for Nick as well. You know, Nick's obviously still refining his craft as well. And he's been one of the drivers of the moment lately. So maybe when Oliver Gavin was told, you know, hey, come to Bath, my person's going to be alongside Nick Pocat, although Nick has won the race, he might have said, oh, you know, this is going to be good experience for me, all that sort of stuff. Now he's sort of stepping into one of the hot cars at the moment, so he's got to be really excited. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy that's driven just about everything here out of motor racing, and he worked out by the end of the year how many different races done throughout the year. He's probably got one of the more enviable jobs in racing that he not only gets to do all the big races he gets to experience a range of different cars he runs mainly in north america but that doesn't stop him from running in europe also down uh, in this part of the world as well you know he was out in australia earlier in the year doing the bathroom 12 hours so uh, he's got a bit of experience on the mountain he did the, uh, the test day at Eastern creek in the wet at the start of the year and now he's done another test day and from what i understand he more or less is going to be based here for the next next six, seven weeks, so we'll be really immersed in the, uh, the great supercar scene. To our feature interview this week, and it's Tim Edwards. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. 
Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 supercars world. The only, only things Russell's ever critical on are the things that A, going to make the car go faster or B, going to make the race team look better. So he's um, he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost, you know, it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. It's supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Fabian Coulthard from Lockwood Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do after, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptor family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Dale Wood from Team Advam GB Gal, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Tim Edwards from FPR joins us now. And, Tim, the Mini Enduro for the Dunlop Series. What's your thoughts on it? I think it's a great thing for the Dunlop Series and I actually think it's a great thing for for motorsport fans in general because it means we've not only got the Bathurst 1000, we've got the, and I don't know what the name is, you know, the Bathurst 250. So it kind of gives them a jewel in their crown for that championship. So I think race fans will be happy because, that you know, they're going to get their mini warm-up Bathurst the day before. I think for the Dunlop Series competitors and the sponsors and everybody else involved in that category, it's a, it's a great thing for them as well. You know, it's a bit of kudos to that, that category. Most people would say the change this year to the, the longer races and giving the guys a lot more lap time has been a huge success. Oh, I think you're seeing just better racing because it's, you know, the longer races, I think, you know, obviously they're... they're the series itself because it gets more TV time now. It's actually starting to build a bit of stature on its own, which is just you know, which is great for the for the series because you know it is our you know part of our series. So I think you know, as I say, for race fans, I think it's a bonus that we've got you know the mini the mini V8 Supercar series. So you know, I think everything for that category at the moment is trending in the right direction. Whilst it's ever seen as a dumping ground for the main games equipment. It's not going to get that, but we're seeing this year with uh, cars that are completely different from the main cars, we're seeing with the longer races, we're seeing now with the Mini Enduro, this is really now looking at the series as a second tier of Australian motorsport. Yeah, well, I would have never described it as a dumping ground. I mean, for, for this team in particular, you know, we use it to, to groom drivers, we use it to groom engineers, mechanics, but, you know, potential main series sponsors. So for us, you know, it's got... It's got huge value in being involved. I mean, if, if we hadn't been involved three years ago and, and running Chaz, he mightn't be currently the driver of car number six. And, and I'm certainly hopeful that the same will happen with Cam in the future and TBA for, for where we get to next year or the year after. But, you know, for us, the Dunlop series is really important and you know, it surprises me that more people aren't involved because, as I say, you know, two of my current four race engineers, you know, they... they cut their stripes you know in the Dunlop series so you know, there's so many levels on why the Dunlop series is important to us obviously moving forward now for the Dunlop series to continue to grow it'll be interesting to see what specifications go knowing that the car that they're running has an end date oh, look at some point they've got to change over to a new generation car I don't know as I sit here at the moment when that is but look they're, they're still not too dissimilar to what we're running it's not like it's totally alien to them to 
to jump, jump, jump from that car to our car. So it's, um, yeah, look, at some point in time they will have to, to change over. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know when that is, but, you know, it's not, you know, for us um, as a team, what we get out of it technically is, is totally irrelevant, and I'm not bothered by that. So even if they stay with these cars for the next five years, that's not why we're involved in that championship. So, you know, I think it's more of a, at some point they'll have to update because the cars they are running will then be eight, nine years well, old so. there won't be wheels there won't be tyres there's components that just aren't being made absolutely so you know at some point yes they will have to change over and uh, yeah, and then you know and then we'll dump as you so aptly put it our current cars <laughs> you know I wouldn't call it dumping at some point you know we do need to update our cars you know so it gives you the opportunity to you know potentially phase in new parts whether it's wheels transaxles whatever it is so you know it's always been a you know a, you know a value to the main series teams that there is somewhere that they can sell their cars and that is the only place we can sell them so it is important for us for, for that championship to be healthy um, so that we can sell them thanks very much to tim edwards there'll be more on inside supercars right after this break The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think, is a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as Fiat Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Times since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at the Freeway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth from Erebus Motorsport, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars with Stefan Bartholomeus and Ben Beasley joining me, Craig Ravel. And uh, I know, Stefan, you love the part where uh, he didn't agree with me that the Dunlop series is a dumping ground, but uh, it's certainly you enjoyed me saying it in the first place. It's a great term you've coined there, uh, Craig. I've never heard anyone else use it, uh, ever. The Mini Enduro, it's it's an event that I think a lot of us are looking forward to seeing how it comes off. It's, uh, on the whole, it seems to be a good thing. It puts a bit more pep in the Saturday schedule, gives the CVS team something to hang their hat on for the year as a marquee sort of feature race. There's a bit of extra interest with maybe some characters running some co-drivers that you wouldn't normally have. A bit more experience for the drivers that are there, the youngsters doing a pit stop and doing a longer stint. On the whole, probably pretty good. As kind of usual, it was uh, a mid-season, last-minute, let's slap this together kind of operation from VO Supercars. It was a reaction to some DVS teams being quite annoyed that they weren't allowed as wildcards in the 1000, um, which is what they were pushing for. We had supercars were very confident that they would get quality car of the future spec wildcards and they didn't need Dunlop Series guys and uh, that has really eventuated. So um, hopefully it's something that runs more than this year. Ben, what's your take on it? Well, I think it's nice to have a feature, some sort of feature race on Saturday. Interestingly enough, like Stefan said, like some of the, um, I guess, the front runners uh, of the DVS series who are also got pretty good co-driving roles in the main game 
for uh, the 1,000. You know, they'll end up doing a heck of a lot of kilometres across the course of the weekend, which is a good thing. And it'll be nice if it's a, if it's a, if it's a good competitive race in uh, the Valentine's race on the Saturday. Maybe this idea of having the pit stop, although they'll be a minimum time for pit type of situation, uh, a mixture of pit crews and all that sort of stuff. You'll you'll still see, um, I guess, some of the uh, new characters out the front, and uh, it'll just be nice that uh, you know there's three or four guys fighting for it all. You know towards the end of that race and that somebody really doesn't run away with it. It's going to be interesting just to see how it all pans out. And, of course, you've got to remember that there's more Dunlop teams than there are main game teams, which means that some teams are going to end up doubling up on booms, I think, will be the outcome there, Stefan. Yeah, I've not talked to any DBS teams in the last uh, week or so since that was all confirmed, but it was the only way that they could they could go. They had to use the fuel rigs and everything from the main series. They uh, obviously have rattle guns to uh, whip the wheels on and off in between sessions anyway, um, so they've got some of that stuff, but they haven't got um, racing spec fuel rigs and, and people properly trained to operate them, so I'm sure that side of it won't be uh, too much of a drama the way they've got it uh, rolling out. A sad week for some motorsport fans in the fact uh, ben, that we see the demise of Speed Channel here in Australia. It is a bit of a, uh, a sad thing, but understanding what Fox will be doing by creating two more channels, and especially um, with live sport the way it is, um, what they've been having to do is sometimes been delaying some coverage. There's been the red channel option and that sort of stuff. So the, the other thing off the back of it is that they've got to have enough programming to make channel now. When the channel in the US came another one of the main top four channels, had a lot of programming back. So Speed Channel in Australia, which uh, 12 months ago had a, a really wide choice of programming, they had to, you know, really dig deep to um, have programming. And even speaking to the guys from the channel themselves, there's periods of time where they're clearly repeating you know, races that are, are not current and that sort of thing. So in saying that they're going to cut back, going to have five channels and still a lot of motorsport, but probably be more current motorsport instead of watching a lot of repeats and that sort of thing as well. So it's not that motorsport is going away totally, it's just dedicated channel won't be there. But obviously with Foxport doing all the V8 rounds next year and the associated classes with the V8 rounds in terms of live Australian motorsport output, it's actually going to be larger this won't be on a channel called Speed. We need to take a break here on Inside Supercars. We'll have plenty more when we return. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett from HHA Racing. You are listening to Inside V8 Supercars. Tune in each weekday morning for a fast-paced look at V8 Supercars with Supercars Today. It's a short, sharp look at what's happening across the V8 Supercars world. The only, only things Ross is ever critical on are things that are you going to make the car go faster or be going to make the race team look better. So he's um he's, he's honestly taken on board the, the team and, and almost, you know it's, it's great to see how much actually he's passionate. In Supercars Today, each weekday morning at sportradio.com.au or sign up for the podcast on iTunes. Hi, I'm Scott Pye from Wilson Security, Dick Johnson Racing, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. And Ben, what do you think about Volvo speaking to other teams? The Erebus scenario has been spoken about quite a bit, and there's that option. But, I mean, if people turn up with the right amount of money, anything can happen. So, you know, I think they're more so positioning themselves to say that they are available and can do it, whereas probably if you look back 12 months, or 18 months really ago. Certainly, you know, distance initial foray was always going to be about four cars. Long-term would have been cars on the grid, but Erebus in 
ran three cars, but they, they really couldn't service anybody else. Whereas Volvo has now said that obviously their runs are on the board and if people are, are willing and keen, that they, of course, uh, look at it like uh, any, any business would. You know, a race team or a, or a car manufacturer is not the same. People want to, you know, a car manufacturer has people falling over themselves to want to run your your version of the race car. Of course, you're going to look at it. Well, I think there was a key little little couple of words in there from from Benny Boy there that said something about if if people have got the money, then anything's possible, and that's really the key to it. I mean, if you look at if you look at Gary's cars, and he's got two of them, and they're not exactly full with sponsorship. Um, obviously, Volvo play a nice little role in in supporting that program, but they're not just going to go spending money willy-nilly on, on more of them, especially when you look at the amount of cars they sell or the amount of cars they don't sell in Australia. The V8 program's been good for them, but they're not exactly Toyota. So, um, yeah, like there's been a lot of talk about them shopping around um, an engine deal and, and a bodywork deal that someone could pick up potentially free, which if, if you're an existing team like Erebus particularly, because their, their cost is quite high with that AMG program, or even if you're someone like Brad that doesn't get anything from Holden um, cash-wise, if you can cut, you know, 20% out of your total budget by um, getting free engines off of Polestar, then you'd have a big think about it. But um, free engines to a race team means that someone's paying for it, and Polo are paying for a fair bit already. So uh, interesting to see the uh, the MDs about to uh, change there as well. Matt Braid has been fantastic for introducing Volvo to V8 supercars and really uh, putting that program in place and making the most of it. But that management change comes with the curbing of the enthusiasm for uh, the spending. Because as as we say, like it's got to sell cars and the volume is just still a small brand in Australia. Now, what have you thought, Ben, about New Zealand Super Tours dropping the V8 from their name? Look, I'm not necessarily surprised. There was always a bit of friction from both this side of the bit, you could say. I mean, they've been trying to establish themselves over the old, the previous New Zealand V8 tours. So there was a lot of confusion of what was what, and then I think they're trying to obviously give themselves their own brand again. Obviously, there was, like I said, uh, V8, there's probably pressure from here, there, and everywhere. They're trying to almost reinvent themselves. It's a bit of a reinvention of the wheel for their series over there, but really trying to brand themselves and identify, and identify themselves as something that isn't V8 supercars. That was also their drama that people wanted to know what the difference was. Well, if they stuck to their own thing, although they are a V8 formula, they are a crash engine formula. Um, everyone has the same chassis. But the sort of car of the future. In many respects, the way they've gone, the much better budget-related model than what V8 supercars have been about car of the future. All right, uh, Ben, Sandown. Obviously, the first of the Pertec Enduro Cup races, but who's going to win it and why? Um, I think it's actually quite tall, um, only because, uh, you know, teams with experience, clearly late, very, very strong, probably FTR, and Holden Racing Team is another team that's going to obviously stand up at Sandown. It might come down to some of the co-driver things, you know, we've got these funny qualifying race Saturday, we don't tend to or haven't been to hurt a lot of action. One thing always is Sandown, but they're very short laps, so you've got to care to uh, try to stretch your windows a little bit, not get caught a lap down, and the, the general rule is the co-drivers will start the race, make drive the um, the race finish. If the, uh, the, the likes of Lowndes and Winkup are towards the front, um, when, when they step their cars, they'll, um, they'll be very hard to see. Stefan? Yeah, I think Benny's uh, covered that off pretty well. It's always exciting, the first endurance race. There's more variables and, you know, all the co-drivers coming in is, is something we all look forward to. Um, but 
triple eight that's too good at too many things to not uh, go in as as pretty uh, firm favourites. Those cars were ridiculously good there last year. We saw they made a bit of a fumble in the pits where there was a late uh, late ball for a driver change and ended up spinning the rear wheels in the stop, got a drive through, and without a safety car, Jamie bloody drove through everyone and made them look absolutely ridiculous to win that race. Yeah, they're going to be very hard to beat, but everyone else will be trying their hardest, so it should be pretty entertaining. One thing that we are going to see at Sandown is the release of the calendar and conference in regards to the uh, calendar release, Stefan. Uh, yeah, well, maybe there's uh, there's not enough to talk about. We shall we shall see. We're not really expecting uh, any big change. The lack of international events has been pretty well reported uh, outside of the field, of course, pretty well reported uh, in the lead-up, um, and the main thing for VSU because next year is... Uh, rolling out this new TV deal rather than any new event. So um, I'm sure the, the media that are keen enough to want to ask questions will find a way to uh, find the right people and roll some stories out anyway. Now, Ben, before Clipsal this year, you demanded that the CEO speak to the media and he, he uh, acknowledged your demand and, and fronted up. Will you make a similar demand tonight? <laughs> if, he, if he has something to say, I, I think, you know, looking... And I think I said it at the time that if you look at the NASCAR model, you know, Mike Helton, who's the president uh, or the CEO and these sort of guys, you know, they have a re- regular, you know, they, they rock on up and people throw some questions at them. I think there's still, you know, an opportunity there for, for them to do that, even if there's nothing to say. It's just like, what do you want to ask? And get it out there in the forum, let people hear what they have to say. You know, having to hunt, hunt people down all the time is just yeah, not, not the the greatest way that you could be doing it, they could be doing it a whole lot better and to make sure that, especially when they need to say something, that people, you know, understand that they have to attend one of these press conferences to see and hear what they have to say. Now, interestingly, there's been a, a bit of speculation about the wild cards, and I know, Stefan, you wrote a story a couple of weeks ago, I think it was now, about uh, Dragon Motor Racing. Um, I've been reassured again today by V8 Supercars that all three um, wild cards will be on the grid at Bathurst. Right, well... Um yeah, so because still haven't communicated anything officially to say that uh, the Dragon Wildcard is not appearing at Sandown. So uh, um, we shall we shall see. Um, yeah, the last comms I had out of out of Dragon was they were still trying to put one car together for Bathurst. Uh, anyone that thinks they're going to turn up with two is going to be uh, a wee bit disappointed, I think. But uh, it should be good to see how that Kiwi car goes. Um, FPR, uh, you would hope, would be doing that to mess around. And there's two young drivers in there that are pretty keen to match themselves against the uh, the best in the business in the other FDR cars. That's certainly a, a positive addition to the to the race. And if one Dragon car turns up, well, there's an extra little storyline for us to uh, to look at. But uh, yeah, we'll see if that eventuates. Mm. Ben, do you have the same confidence as V8 Supercars? No, Super Black will be at Bathurst, and the other cars, no. And again, Super Black are doing it the right way, and they've actually been involved with uh, part with FDR for quite a number of months now there um, and didn't overcommit themselves. They said they wanted to do Bathurst. They didn't make any commitments to these other races and um, they wanted Bathurst to do it right. And obviously there's a program there that if they get the hype and attention around it, that certainly in New Zealand it uh, has the opportunity to become something a whole lot bigger next year in terms of more, more so looking like a full-time program. But they also recognise they've got to get the Bathurst thing right. They've got to impress people. That's why they've done with FDR. It showed last year that a wild card done properly at Bathurst, Xbox car through Triple Eight, has a lot of merit in it. Um, turning up and trying to do it any other way than, than properly is going to be level one thing. Well, a break and a final thought right after this. 
Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question, email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Begley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bottolo Racing Team, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome back to Inside Supercars. A final thought, Stefan Bartholomeus. I think we've uh, we've covered a fair bit of ground um, in this one, but yeah, obviously all thoughts now, all roads lead to Sandown and the 500. So I'm really looking forward to see who steps up there, particularly from a co-driver's perspective, because um, they've been a little bit uh, robbed of laps this year with the. Uh, practice rule changes and just how, how thin the testing is still. There's some guys that are a bit underdone but then there's, there's some bikes that just come out every year and they've, they've been behind a desk or they've been a plaster all year and they just come out and they're pretty close to, close to the money. So uh, that's always impressive to see and uh, if you want to pick one guy that I'm really looking forward to is Alex Prema to see what he can do with that Volvo because we've seen what it can do with Scott McLaughlin and Robert Dalgren driving it which has been off the end of the grid and uh, it'll be very to see how the two co-drivers, Alex Bremer and uh, Greg Ritter, where they filter into the mix when they're behind the wheel of those things. Ben Beasley. You know, I agree. I think the co-driver battle is going to be really good. You've got, hopefully there's another one of these young stars sort of down the grid who's given the opportunity to step up. Remember when uh, Scott McLaughlin got his first bat to start in the uh, Jonathan Webb car, and that really opened the eyes to everybody of what, what this guy was all about. He was a star on that day. Is there going to be another star, whether it's a stand down, south of Cook, Gold Coast? They're going to start somewhere. They've got to start, start up at the mountain and see who that one is. And on the flip side, which of the co drivers won't turn out to be um, doing the job? So it, it's always an interesting time. It, it, it's the most exciting time of the year. Um, I even Steve Owen and Steve Owen, same full time driver, for a number of years, but he gets more excited now because he's a, he's a good co driver, gets the opportunity. Well, that's all we have time for this week on the show. My thanks to Ben Beasley and Stefan Bartholomeus. Till next time around, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars.